0: Day one, no more. Oh, there ain't no day one, no more. You understand me? Get out of my room. Oh, no. Jimmy just super cut Robin.
1: Jimmy, what did you do?
0: Welcome everyone back to edition of Cleve and me and yes Cleve is back in the house as he just got situated with his new job and on top of that happy birthday to you happy birthday to you yes that is mr Cleve's 29th birthday as he calls me old and now only one year away before i turn 31 on SummerSlam weekend so Cleve, all jokes aside happy birthday to you man how you feeling you, you know you're feeling is the back hurting a little more what's going on over there and uh were you able to catch i mean there was four pay-per-views i watched wwe night of champions i watched aw double or nothing i caught highlights of nx i actually I watched some of nxt live and then i caught highlights of impact how about yourself happy birthday once again
1: i'm doing pretty good um had to work earlier today, you know. As you get older, that happens. You work on your birthdays, but it's just really nice to be off. Like Joe mentioned, it was a hell of a week for wrestling. A lot went down, a lot of pay-per-views, and also even this is probably the first time I'll bring up an NXT thing. A couple cool things happened on NXT. I got some Miz praise for this episode. It's it's a lot to talk about this episode. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, and I did see last night on NXT that uh Baron Corbin and Mustafa Ali showed up. So that is interesting. Thank God they're rebooting Corbin Um and Ali. He got a little bit of a run. I thought it was going to be more WWE based, but now, Hey, we'll see what happens as Carmelo Hayes, the champion there was attacked by Corbin and then Ali made his mark as well. So, We could get to that good stuff and more news at the end, and Tones will join us sooner than later as well. But, Cleve, let's start with Night of Champions, the pay-per-view you focus most of your attention on with the kick heard around the world from Jimmy Uso to Mr. Roman Reigns. Uh, I believe you said you had to replay it several times when you watched it. So did I. Um, You know, this storyline has made my heart sink a couple times, and I'm not talking about the bullshit Making your heart sink. I'm talking about the Sammy Zayn chair shot, this Jimmy Uso kick. I mean, there has been so many crazy storylines. And here we are at another development where you had KO and Sammy win the undisputed tag titles against Roman and Solo. And a lot of that help was thanks to no other than Jimmy Uso.
1: So the, the interesting thing, you call it the kick her around the world. I call it the kick that basically broke up the bloodline. This is the downfall, the start of the downfall for the bloodline. I find that Jimmy Uso one more interesting because if a lot of our fans remember, when Jay, was, when Jay first came back around, he sort of submitted to Roman Reigns. He really didn't challenge it. You know, Roman beat the hell out of Jay and put Jay in line, and Jimmy just sort of followed along. So, like I said, great long-term, great long-term storyline right here. This has been going on for about two years now. And Jimmy just had enough of it. He just had enough of the treatment that he sees Roman do to his big brother. He's tired of feeling like, you know, it's only about Roman. It's Roman and the other guys. You know, it's like, it's, you know, the star, then whatever else that comes along with it. And Jimmy's just fed up with it. And I was surprised, I told you before we even went live, I replayed it a few times because it was just one of those, I was at work watching well, it, mind you. So I had to control my excitement, but if I was at home, uh, I don't know, man, I, I probably would have had to walk out the room and or something, it was just really, really crazy to see. And not one super kick, but two super kicks. And then the fact that Jimmy, Jay looks at his brother and goes, what are you doing, what are you doing? And then KO and Sammy retains, I hope that's the end of their feud with the bloodline as great as that feud been i think it's time for them to elevate the tag team division that i feel in my personal opinion and you may also agree i sort of felt lackluster with the usos holding the belt not because the usos were a lackluster team but because they ran through every tag team that was in the division it was just it was time for them to step away from the tag belts and i just hope that ko and sammy could elevate that tag team division because raw has stacked tag teams, smackdown and Maybe you'll get some NXT guys coming up, but it was a lot of positive things to take away from what happened in that main event.
0: Yeah. And you could definitely tell uh, to your second point first that, uh, you know, they're going to be bit KO and Sammy are going to be a focal point on raw just as much as Cody Rhodes, just as much as Seth Rollins. And that tag division is going to be carried through. They have Imperium on their backs right now. You have the Alpha Academy. You have the Street Profits on SmackDown. You have the Viking Raiders on Raw. you got so many good tag teams. Uso's obviously still there. Um, The the OC, AJ Styles is clanned with Gallos and Anderson. So there's so many uh, tag teams to go around. I really do think they are going to build up on that. And I do believe, to your first point, it is the end of the feud. They got that big victory with Roman Reigns in it. Uh, you know, when Jimmy said, I should have done what you did. You know, you could have done a long time ago. Like, And I'm paraphrasing, uh, of course, but I could not believe that second one that just shook him to the ground. And uh, they should build up KO and Sam. Because let me tell you, KO is just a professional. Those are two guys that don't have, you know, the magazines you're going to see. Uh, or the bodies that are going to be in the magazines all the time, right? You got a Canadian Sammy Zayn who's got his orange-haired chest, who's got, you know, your average man. Then you got the dad bod KO, but they know how to make an impact on the mic and in the ring. Uh, Sammy connects with everybody. I, ever, I feel like since his battle with Roman, when people say Roman doesn't put people over, he just took Sammy Zayn on his own, yes, is fine, but Roman took that to another level. Uh, and Sammy helped elevate it as well look at the reactions with his home chronic Canada look at in Saudi Arabia when he started talking and the fans started going crazy they were even doing the Olay chance in the Puerto Rico it, the same thing it those two are just on another level top tier um Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn if you know when I returned from my wrestling hiatus in 2018 and started watching they were definitely mid card now they are totally upper level. It's not even close. It's not a debate in my eyes, or the upper uh card to that. But that that was an amazing finale uh to what was I thought was a B plus A minus show. Uh that was an A plus finish. I could not think of a better way to further the story. And even on our preview and prediction show we knew the Usos were gonna play uh a factor in this as they always do, but we had no idea uh how Roman would take these kicks and then obviously the rest is history so whew, I just chills down my spine uh go ahead Clay what do you got
1: and you made an excellent point about Roman doing wonders for the wrestling business and guys that he worked with you, fans two years ago we know where Sammy Zane was two years ago two years ago Sam was floating around in the lower middle card picture where you what really was that character
0: he had where he said he was like against the world or whatever oh it was just, it was this conspiracy
1: theory sammy that was remember it. he he won the ic title and he got sick and he dropped he lost it and he came back and said i was the Macy he had a lot of wikiwack storylines and working on with roman has not only rejuvenated his career but has also did wonders for him and you know re reunite that flame that people loved about Sammy Zayn same with Kevin Owens I know Tony's a huge fan of Kevin Owens I like Kevin Owens too but there's no denying that the past few years before he started bumping heads with Roman that he was sort of floating around in that lower middle card picture well he wasn't really fighting for the US under he was getting TV time but it was just like it was meaningless TV time didn't did, did nothing too to further his character two years later him and Sammy are probably one of the most over guys on the main roster at the moment
0: and yeah i mean it's just one of those things where you can now branch off and just continue the greatness from two different perspectives and i think that's really important um that they do that because bra being a three-hour show you need to involve the tag titles smackdown and people say cleave we were talking about before roman reigns he's going to be on three of the next four smackdowns He was in the night of champions. He's going to be at money in the bank and he's going to be at SummerSlam. Seth Rollins, night of champions, money in the bank, SummerSlam. He's at the next for Raw. So for people to be like, they don't show up part-timers, they're just dead wrong. I mean, I I don't know what else to tell them. Uh, If you want to see a part-timer, go back to Brock Lesnar 2018, 2019, when he was champion uh, before Seth Rollins. So that is a true part-timer. And Brock does so much more than that now. But if you want to really talk part-timer, we could go down that road. Uh, Cleve, the other kick heard around the world, as we are talking uh, Night of Champions, but I said we'd start with the kick, is the Young Bucks in the Anarchy match where it was uh, Blackpool Combat Club taking on The Elite and Adam Hangman Page. First off, they need to stop playing uh wild thing throughout even i love that song i love moxley's entrance but don't play it during the match it gets annoying number one um number two that crowd sucked at mgm vegas let me say that but number three that match was awesome the kick i want your thoughts did you uh i mean you had to have seen it was all over twitter i'm actually watching a replay as we speak it's like it wasn't as bad as that fake pipe bomb It wasn't as bad as the Alexa Bliss, uh, you know, spark at Randy. But I'm going to go middle at best because, I mean, that couldn't have felt good. Uh, And it was the kick hit hit dead on. Still, at the end of the day, I don't know about – I'm just not huge on all the pyroglyphic stuff.
1: Dude, I agree. You know, it's cool to see, but, dude, realistically, that shit was so – excuse my language, that was so dangerous. I mean – you got to think about it, right? Let's, I'm pretty sure they probably talked about before the match and go, hey, you know, I'm going to kick you. It's going to explode in your face. You know, you probably think much of it, but as it's actually happening, you're like, dude, could have probably popped in his eye. God forbid he had grease in his hair or something in his hair. It's just, it's really one of those unnecessary spots. And you you said it was a great match. I'm not going to say I saw the entire match, but I only saw that part of the match. You can say it was a great match, but it seems like more people are talking about the the exploding shoe than the actual match itself. And a, a lot of wrestling fans should understand too. You can have a phenomenal match, right? But if the ending of the match is horrible, then the match goes out the window. It's like reading a book, right? The first 20 chapters are great, mind blowing, this and that. You get to the final chapter, it's just like, I just wasted all my time enjoying this, and then I get a crappy ending. And I think that match will probably fall where people remember it for the exploding shoe that another one of AEW's attempts to, I don't know, gain more hardcore fans or something. But I just, like you mentioned, I just thought it was really unnecessary and very dangerous in a way,
0: just a bit too extreme for me. And I like the, I like the creativity. And actually that match was, it was more the beginning. I told you that gave me the headache. I mean, I don't know who that, uh random dude singing was with the mask, but they could do away without him for a long time. That is for sure. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. You had two kicks that were highly talked about. Uh, one being involved in the main event of Night of Champions, one being involved in the main event of AEW. Another thing I found interesting, and as Tones comes in here, we'll get his thoughts too. The only thing I was a little bit surprised about To me, you always end – I won't say always. I won't say always. Let me take that back. In this situation, I would have ended with the Four Pillars match with the AEW title for two reasons. Number one, you call it the Four Pillars of AEW. So you're saying that's your best four young athletes. And number two, it's your AEW championship held by the biggest star in your company, MJF. So I would have put the main event uh, last – Because and it was also a good match. I like the way they were created about it. You know, they didn't slight anyone too far. There was a lot of good back and forth. Uh, the last match was great. There was, I mean, so there was weapons, blood. I mean, they all over the stadium, camera angles shooting everywhere like crazy. I would always just end with the champion, uh, chip match tones. Welcome to joining us. We were talking about the two kicks. I'm calling it the two kicks heard around the world. Who knows if they actually were, but according to social
2: media, they both were. So that's where we started, and uh, good day to you, sir. Good day to you, gentlemen. Yeah, both were good shows, both intriguing. I watched the AEW one live, and I happened to catch the replay of the WWE one just because whenever they are overseas, the timing is just so poor, the pay-per-view, it's hard to watch it live. So I had to catch it on the replay. I think both grayed out fairly good, and I think both provided a lot of good matches. I was a fan of... Both of the kicks, I think AEW had a very good uniqueness with their kick. I don't think we'll see any of that sorts in the WWE as they angle more towards cleanliness, which is awesome as well. AEW angles more towards a little bit of the ECW slash hardcore type angle. And I think we've seen both of those on display. And I think WWE did a good job of rolling with their Clean matches. I think that last match is very entertaining, and I think AEW did a tremendous job in their last match as well. I think that fire kick was truly amazing, and I think a lot of the thumbtack spots were really good as well. I think when you have something like that fire kick that people talk about this much, for better or for worse, you did something really good. Bad publicity is sometimes good publicity, and it has the world talking. And I think the Roman Reigns match ended pretty appropriately as well. I think they did a good job of shielding Roman's dominance without him looking weak. I think that they did a very good job of that. And I think that they also did a good job of propelling Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to the top of the tag team division, which they already are. But when you beat a team like that, no matter how the match ends, you gain a little bit of charisma and dominance in the standings so i think that wwe and AEW are both building up to things i think wwe continues to build their tag team division heading into the right place and i think AEW knows that their core fans revolve around the elite and you're already missing one of the members of the elite so why not display the other members of the elite and that's kenny omega and the young bucks and i think Anytime the Young Bucks, anytime Kenny Omega, and anytime the Bloodline are involved in stories, and you could put KO and Sami Zayn in there right now as well, it's going to get good viewership. And I think that's why those matches were both at the main events. I think the Four Pillars match deserved it. It was great. But when you have eight superstars or six, seven, eight, however many it was in that AEW finals match, you could understand with that amount of star power, why they did make it the main event. So, um, yeah, I think both kicks were phenomenal. Although we do see the Usos kick a lot, we have never seen them kick like that towards Roman Reigns. So uh, it was really unexpected to see that. And the fire kick, I think that's something really rare that we might not see much of. And I think both were very cool and they paid off in their own ways.
0: Yeah, and you know, before we get into our favorite matches and a couple more things, and obviously we're going to talk wrestling news, man, I got to start with, I do not know which was, it's funny because when you can can share both cards, the page I'm on, it shows you how long the matches were and all this stuff. I do not know what was worse, boys. Um, Rhea Ripley should show her dominance, but defeating Natalya, her finisher was a little bit off and there was a little bit of uh, imbalance there. And then... Jade Cargo, I love that, you know, I don't mind they change champions and she deserves a break as she's 6 0. But she loses, then Sandlander comes out from nowhere uh after many other people deserve a chance, probably, and in 48 seconds uh takes down Jade, who didn't look that tired. So my goodness, I can they did they did a little bit of I'm uh, not all the women's matches. There's plenty of women's matches and good ones. Um i like Trish versus Becky, I thought was uh you know, really good. I thought Jade, uh, round one of her championship match versus Taya, uh, um, Taya, excuse me, was a good match. Um, and then I'll say that Tony Sturm and Jamie Hayter is totally not, uh, into it all. That was like a three minute but man, uh, any thoughts, Clay, We'll Start with you, uh, since you watch WWE. When your thoughts on Rhea versus uh, Natalia, which was one minute and ten seconds?
1: I'm gonna be perfectly honest. I didn't even know Rhea was going against Natalia. Nothing against Natalia. She they didn't better. even
0: book it till the week of because I remember Tones and I did a pod where we missed out previewing that match because it wasn't made until the Monday before.
1: I felt like they had they just snuck slid it in, snuck it, in, however you want to call it. Natalia's good in the ring. She's a veteran. She's been around a long time, and she has done a lot for the women's division. But at this point, it's, it's, the storyline was dumb It's because Natalya felt Rhea was disrespectful to the SmackDown women's roster. She stepped up for everyone in the locker room and basically got a one-minute bathroom break, basically. Um, this is a good way, though. Rhea gets a great title defense. You know, she wins. That's the plus. But... I don't know. I thought you could have be been at that fatal four away women's tag team match on night of champions and say Rhea and Natalia for SmackDown. It was just a minute of our lives. We won't get back from a great pay-per-view in my opinion.
0: In tones, you could comment on WWE, feel free, but you, I know you for sure saw the uh, AEW 48 second Jay Cargo lost. I just thought after going 60 and 0, um, I didn't like, I didn't like that ending to it. Let's say you.
2: Yeah, I'll start with WWE briefly. Uh, I think that they use, I told Joe this over the weekend, I do think they kind of use Natalia as one of their sacrificial lambs when they need somebody to step up with a notable name, but they know they're going to take a loss with their chin raised high. I think Natalia is often the woman that comes to mind for them. So I wasn't really surprised at the last, Minuteness of a Natalia match Only because I feel like hey When WWE is looking for a women's championship Match you're scrambling around "Eh, Why not Natalia you know Kind of used to be like Mickie James back in the day Or Alicia Fox Natalia's kind of fallen into that Role of sorts a veteran who's been around For so long that "Eh, When they're a little stuck they throw her into those situations But um Yeah with without a doubt AEW I thought Jade's first match Was really good I thought it was Phenomenal! I thought both ladies put on a fantastic show, and then yeah, the Chris Statlander thing could be viewed a little differently. I do agree with you at points where it's like, yeah, it was a little ambitious. It was a little random. It was like, what the hell's going on here? A little bit. Jade just won a really good match, and now she's going to lose the belt. But I did read a couple of rumors. I'm going to highlight the word "rumors" of why they decided to do that. You know, Jade might be on a hiatus now. Allegedly. Alleg- yeah, allegedly, you know, and then at the same time, I guess uh, some felt like Chris Statlander was on the verge of perhaps winning the title, um, and then her injury occurred, so they felt like a lot of lost time there with the champ- without the championship on her. Um, I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with either of those, but at the end of the day, we all know whether it's Khan, Vince, Triple H, whoever's calling the shots, I guess either Con, you could say, they all have a method to their madness, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. They think it's right and they're going to roll with those punches. So, whatever Tony Khan uh, had up his sleeve, you know, maybe he thought it would provide a big pop because Statlander hasn't been around for a while and AEW is behind in the WWE in their women's division, you know, so maybe Khan was trying to curveball, trying to generate something. I mean, did it land? I'm not so sure it did, but at the end of the day, uh, I guess kudos to try creativity because let's be honest, they're they're behind in the polls big time in the WWE to in the women's division. And again, I, I do think the WWE senses AEW's strength, the tag team division as well. So um, I think AEW just tried to stir something up i think they tried for a crazy moment for better for worse and uh i don't blame him for trying just because they're a lot behind in the women's division i mean you have old wwe stars in the aew's woman division and they're just not getting utilized i'm not sure if they just lost a step i'm not sure if it's the booking and creative in aew but Soraya, who used to be known as Paige, whether you're familiar with her from WWE or her online content, which she provided for many people, or Ruby Riot, who made her way over there as well, now known as Ruby Soho, you just don't see nor hear a lot from these ladies or individuals over there. And you see them scrapping around, they're in storylines right now, they're kind of linked up again, but their women just don't get the same pop that wwe does so kudos for trying i don't think it landed but i understand why they did it
0: and that's why i'm happy uh it'll be everyone will see it by now but i'm happy that uh you know we get D- Britt baker in a mixed tag match with sarai so it will be sarai and jericho uh on tonight's aw taking on mm-hmm. Britt baker and uh adam cole so i you know i love getting those women in the mix there um Hopefully they, they, either of them, one of them could find themselves in the uh, main title picture. That would be for sure. Nice. I'd, I, I like Tony storm. Uh, we'll see if her run works. You know, this is our time to shine. We always talk about those pivotal moments uh, when people have career defining moments. And I think this is huge for Tony storm for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, she obviously was let go by the WWE and number two, uh to this point, there's been some ups and downs in AEW, but here she is as champion after uh, defeating Jamie Hayter. And I'll be very interested to see on her run goes there. Another champion, and we're going to keep on the woman theme since we're there. Asuka also took over, called that one, that versus Bianca Belair at Night of Champions. So, you know, Asuka... She's pretty much made her bed. We know what she is. She's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. She had the undefeated streak, um, and she's always in a main picture. To, and, and there it is. She won though first championship uh, that she. You know this was a huge win over Bianca Belair, who's hold who's held the title for quite some time, defeating many big characters. We know who those are. All our Becky Lynch, uh, you know, also defeating Bailey. And so many more, and then you have on the other side even Sasha Banks that was, and then Tony Storm now becoming. This is her first true big title, uh, AEW Women's Championship, where the f- main focus is going to be on her. Cleve, I'll start. Uh, you know, we were hoping that this Oscar, at least I was hoping that this Oscar victory would take place. I think Bianca has been amazing, but she can maybe take a little bit of a break now. I think she could also run it back. To get the title, I would not mind. But it seems like a break is coming for her sooner or later and Mr. Montez Ford, who have been on TV a lot over the past couple of years. Uh, and then on the other, other side, you know Tony Storm very well. She is now at the AEW Women's World Championship. How do you think she'll fare?
1: Um, first, I want to say, I think it was the writing on the wall. I think it was time for Bianca to lose the belt. The, the crowd reaction... Um, Take some time off. You mentioned Montez. The, um, him and was it Angel Dawkins? Um, they seemed like you know, they just got drafted over the SmackDown. They were sort of in a weird position at the moment, too. So time off from television would be really great for them. I've seen a lot of fans wanting a heel turn you know, for them to go bad. I think that would... I think you could make it work. I mean, Montez has Montez is a very likable person, but you can also see him as a as a heel, are you working on cock- a
0: car over there? Or are you? It sounds like a mechanic <laughs> over there with it.
1: <laughs> uh, it's a fan going over here. <laughs> I just
0: uh, I mean, keep keep going with your but point.
1: I think it was the right move for Oscar to win. I just, like I said, she's had a lot of very, not very, good success with the championship, and I think this one will probably be her best one. Tony Storm, I'm gonna say, I was really surprised she was gone from the WWE. I remember it happened so fast. One week she was on SmackDown talking to Charlotte and we got the report that she was released. And I think it's great that she's champion because maybe we can see for ourselves now that was she really worthy of being champion in the WWE or was Vince right again about another superstar? So it's it's pretty cool to see Let's I'm curious to see where does it go, but I do think she has the potential to be a great champion, but fingers crossed, we just gotta give it time and see how she does as champion.
0: Tones, your thought on the successful uh, changing of the main titles for uh, each of these uh, promotions here?
2: Yeah, that's why I always, uh, you know, scratch my head a little bit when people say Asuka isn't utilized well enough. We knew this moment was coming eventually. It was just on a matter of where, not when, and uh, she gets her moment here again. You know, she's been a champion before, and she gets another big win yet again. So kudos to Asuka. You know, you don't always have to win at Mania in order to get your moment. And I think Asuka proved that with this win over Bianca Belair. And at the same token, while we're talking about this one, what if Bianca Belair incorporates in the breakup of the Street Profits somehow? We've heard it rumored for months now that Ford and Dawkins are probably going their own ways eventually. And It breaks my heart a little bit, it does, because I do think the Street Profits are probably the third or fourth best tag team right now in the WWE, so um, it would be a very tough loss with the Street Profits if they do break up, but you could get really creative with it. Now, I'm not talking about getting stupid like they did with Aiden English and Lana and Rusev or something dumb like that, we all know how bad that storyline flopped and ultimately all three of them were released within the next month or two I think after that storyline so don't do it like that but I think you could incorporate a really good storyline with Bianca Belair and the Street Profits whether you want to keep them together or break them up you can kind of you know um, get her involved really good you know you could do a fake breakup amongst them where they actually grow stronger at the end you could give him a true breakup or whatnot, but that's kind of my thoughts on the Oscar Belair situation. We all know it's um, Oscar's she's been dominant her whole career now. So she always gets her chances. And then uh, Bianca, she's going to play prominent roles in some sort of storyline. And I wonder if it could be that one. I think we might not see her for a little bit. Then on the other side of the token, Yeah, it's really going to be interesting to see if uh, WWE made the right move or not. But like I keep saying, though, um, with Tony Storm and AEW, um, sometimes rosters and sports need things a little more than others, so they're willing to overpay some individuals. Not saying Tony Storm isn't great or can't be great, but it was very smart by AEW to give her a little bit more and, uh, you know, keep her around and maybe make her a champion and see if you catch lightning in a bottle with the former WWE prospect. Because at the end of the day, if you do come from the WWE or at least going to have some sort of fan base, a little bit of a fan base and why not try and build momentum with a um, signing that could impact you in a good way from someone coming over from the WWE. Now, time and time again, it's pretty much proved that I'd say a good amount of people have flopped on their new beginnings in AEW from the WWE. So I would say 75 to 80% of the time so far, WWE hasn't really missed the cats that they have let go to AEW, but um, they have missed a couple like, you know, Brian Danielson's of the world and whatnot. I'm not a fan of his, but we'll see if Tony Storm falls in line with that sort of thing. We'll see if she becomes, one of those prominent type figures in AEW. Um, I don't know. I really don't think it's on the horizon. And I don't know, Cleve, about the Asuka situation. Uh, we all know she gets her opportunity. She's one of the better ones in the game. How happy or how long do you think this lasts, I should say? When when do you see Asuka dropping the belt? I'll go four months
1: only because I just feel that i oh. I really, it just really depends on how the women, the Raw Women's Division shaped out. At the moment, I would say four to six, only because Becky's sort of tied up in the storyline. Charlotte's gone. Um, Alexa Bliss, congratulations to her. She's having a kid, so she's going to be gone for a year or so. I really can't. Oh, you got Bailey, but I think Bayley's still in this weird tag team, so I think Oscar has a chance to hold the belt for a very long time. And I know you said that she's had a lot of opportunities and me and Joe think differently, but I think this run could probably settle some things with us to actually see. Does WWE really commit behind her as the women's world heavyweight champion, or is she just a placeholder for someone else
2: on the roster? I thought your gift was great earlier, by the way. Well, Leave the topic of discussion underneath, but it could, it should have been me, Dolph Ziggler. But for real, congrats to Alexa Bliss before it I do forget. Been me. Congrats to that, and Joe, I'll ask you the same. I just asked Cleveland. When do you see Oscar carrying the title until? You
0: know, if if um, if Vince gets any more say at all, it be to Charlotte at SummerSlam, knowing how he works um but if it was up to me personally i would have oscar run this thing till mania uh and then go up against you know it's tough to say because charlotte's a natural heel they try to make her face that never works so if you're if you're gonna have her make her lose to charlotte i would have it be sooner than later and that's why i say Summerslam. but if it were up to me i would wait a while and i would try to build one of these young people whether it's uh you know, Raquel Gonzalez, who got screwed out of the tag championships because Liv got injured or when, you know, Liv comes back from an injury or when uh, some of these NXT woman call ups, maybe even a shot develop one of these young women and uh, let's see what happens. So I'm very intrigued to see where it goes from that, because that is going to be something I'm going to keep a close eye on because we all know how Oscar uh, goes. And I was thinking about you were talking guys were talking about that. I wanted to also bring up two things. I'll go I'll go with I'm going to name three matches each way and then I'm going to bring up uh what we we'll think MJF goes maybe next. But Cleve, I'm going to give you three matches, you rank them in order from WWE United Champions, then I'm going to give Tones three matches from Double or Nothing and I want him to rank those three. Cleve to you first. Lesnar and Rhodes. Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch, and then Seth Rollins, AJ Styles. Let's rank those three matches.
1: No disrespect to Brock. As we didn't even
0: mention yet, I can't even I uh, forgot to even say, not forgot, but just had it down the list a little more as new world heavyweight champion, Mister Seth Rollins.
1: No disrespect to Brock and Cody. I thought they had a really good match, but. there was no chance in hell. Cody was beating Brock with a broken arm. And that just sets the stage for a part three which me and Joe were speculating and we this as could happen when we're in Detroit for Woo! SummerSlam. Um, first thing first, everyone. All three matches were phenomenal. Trish and Becky is my number two. Even though I told Joe, I was very surprised Trish won. I thought it would be a done deal. Becky will knock off another legend and then Creative way to have
0: Trish win. That was nice and creative. It was definitely
1: creative. And the finisher, the lady, I don't know her name. Hopefully I find out soon. That finisher she hit on Becky was really unique too. And it, I think bust Becky's nose open. I don't know if you guys saw her nose was bleeding toward the end of the match. So very great way to not only continue this feud, but to introduce a new women's wrestler that if you don't watch NXT, you know nothing about. And now she's on the main roster. And that was Zoe Stark.
0: That was Zoe Stark.
1: Yeah, see, now we know Zoe Stark is probably going to be a major player on Raw as a heel for the moment, which is really cool to see. And then the Seth Rollins and AJ Styles match. Talk about starting the pay-per-view off with a a banger like that. I honestly thought that was the second best match of the night. After the main event, Seth and AJ are arguably – Probably the two best wrestlers in WWE of the past decade or so. We know AJ Styles' story from Impact, and he came over here. Seth Rollins, not only the first NXT World Heavyweight Champion ever, he's also the new first ever WWE World Heavyweight Champion with a new lineage. So, really great match. That is my number. That is my order, and AJ and Seth is my number one.
0: In tones, as I know you got to get out of here soon. I always appreciate you joining. Uh, I'm going to leave you with the three matches. I'm going to ask you to rank, and then I want you to say who should MJF go to next. Should they have him go up against one of the three fellows in the match, whether it be Darby, Jungle Boy, or uh, Sammy Guevara, or should we, you know, bring should we bring something fresh to the table? I'm sure tonight he's going to show up at some point, and we all know how usually people interrupt. It will be interesting to see if they carry that forward with the four men involved, or they start to break it down, or just go a separate direction. But the three matches I want to throw at you as this. Warlow versus Christian, the latter match for the TNT Championship. The House of Black versus the Acclaimed. uh, The Dominic joke, I have to say it again. Me and Tones and I thought it was hilarious. I'm glad they don't go political. It's nice when they just make actual jokes. And then Adam Cole versus your guy, Jericho, in the unsanctioned match with Sabu's special guest referee. How do you rank those three matches? And where do you see MJF going next?
2: I thought they were all pretty good matches. I do rank, although it was pretty entertaining, um, you know, the acclaimed match. You know, yeah, I'm glad they kept things out of it as well, politically and whatnot. I'll go with that one third, although I do think that was a fantastic match um I, I just put it third in terms share of how good the other ones were and uh, i think the acclaimed fought well i think the ha- house of black fought well i think both clans both stables have some good core wrestlers in each of them um brody king the likes of that obviously a black and swords so um it, it was a fun match but i do rank it third i'm gonna put the ladder match second luchasaurus played a bit of a role as well wardlow is a monster though he's a uh, always competing out there. He's a good one. And then Christian, he's a solid veteran, right? He's one of those guys who can go out there and give you a great match pretty much whenever you need it. Uh, he's he's one of the most reliable in the game at this point in terms of consistent veterans. So um, I'll put that one at second. I think that storyline's been really fun as well. And then the one I'll roll with first is going to be the unsanctioned match. I think Sabu was a cool story because AW, as we said before, they try and blueprint ECW and hardcore. And if you're going to do that, get Sabu in the picture, man. He's one of those guys who knows it, been there, done that. Jericho, Cole, unsanctioned match. There were a lot of cool things in here, uh, A blip or two. And I do think it ended a little crappy. I think Jericho's eye might have been banged up a little something bit. Happened. Yeah, something happened. But I, I think the duration of the match was pretty solid. And uh, I think they did some... Cool, cool things in there, and something I didn't really notice, um, in the Four Pillars match that we're talking about it now. All four of those superstars paid homage to another legend in some sort of aspect. I forgot all the finishers, who did who, but someone did Chris Jericho's Codebreaker. Someone did Cody Rhodes finisher. Um, someone... I do,
0: I do remember both of those taking place. Who did? Co-
2: Someone did code breakers. I think Sammy Guevara
0: did. I think Sammy Guerrera did the Cody Rhodes move.
2: Yeah. Then somebody did uh, Kenny Omega's finisher, and I forget the fourth legend they honored. They were GTS. There was a go to sleep in there. I think. Yeah, the go to sleep from CM Punk as well. I believe so. Um, you know, they were honoring people whether they were in WWE or AEW at this point. So pretty cool to see. As Cody Rhodes still got a shout out with his finisher there as well, and I will mention that, um, you know, I'm not really sure the direction that's going to go. We do know AEW tries to keep a little bit of longevity, and the fact of the matter that it was a fatal four-way tells me that whoever wasn't pinned might continue the rivalry with him, and that could be an option as well. And I do want to give kudos. We haven't really talked about it, but I thought that Orange Cassidy match is really fantastic. I thought that was one of my favorite matches on the card. Um, the pure star power in there and then orange prevailing. And that was really fun to see.
0: Yeah. And as you say, your walkout, everything going Bucketeers, as he does his shows every Tuesday. So be able to catch the Bucketeers on Twitter, on YouTube, at Tampa Tones on Twitter, well, as much more. Um, we're going to get in less than an hour. People are going to already know by the time we hear your answer. Does Tony Khan say anything? He has an announcement tonight. He announced collision. Uh, he announced collision. Does he say anything about CM Punk and what's your walkout?
2: He says everything's an announcement, right? It wouldn't really surprise me if he said, hey, I'm getting Burger King after the show, people, or something like that. But in reality, um, I I don't think at this point they're going to make an announcement about Punk one way or another. One, I do think he's going to be there no matter what. And if they make the announcement trying to downplay it like he's not coming... I think that's a bad look, and that's going to give it away even more that he's coming in, too. If they say, oh, he's coming, that kind of ruins the element of the surprise for me. So what's he announcing? I'm not sure. It could be CM Punk. I think that wouldn't be the best of moves for Tony Khan. It could be what he's eating later. It could be a new pay-per-view, they might add, right? So um, I'm not really sure where it's going to go, but they could be doing something or, um, you know, uh, it's gonna be crazy to see. I guess he's really unpredictable. You really never know, and um, yeah, it could range from anywhere from uh, new pay per views to new people showing up at shows to uh, you know locations of shows to food that you might put in his mouth later as well. So uh, you could keep up with the Bucketeers at Bucketeers on Twitter at Bucketeers Pod on Instagram and at Bucketeers Podcast on YouTube, Google Podcasts, and so much more. And we're live during the off-season every Tuesday night at 6.45 Eastern time. So you can catch us on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple, and so much more.
0: What I've been dying to know, what gets the higher letter grade, double or nothing or dying of
2: champions? <sighs> this is tough. This is really tough for me. Um, I think the crowd and atmosphere was a little bit better in Night of Champions, but I'm going to give the card a slight edge to AEW, and that's not a knock to WWE, right? Because you kind of expect that when AEW doesn't have many pay-per-views. Y- you expect the card to be um, a little bit more fantastic. So uh, I think both of are really good shows. I give the edge and the ambiance and crowd to Night of Champions. I give the overall edge to AEW. I'm going to give um, AEW a B plus and Knight of Champions a B.
0: Well, thank you very much for joining us. Have fun movie night with Mama over there as our pops is across the sea. So thank you very much, Mr. Tampatones.
2: Take care, Enjoy. gentlemen. Enjoy and uh, Cleave. I uh, hope the Yankees keep folding like a cheap suit. <laughs>
0: Has to throw it in there, of course. We don't even mention the Yankees on this show, please. Uh, we stick to Lakers and Cowboys with Cleve, but uh, Cleve, getting back to it. Um, overall, your grade for Knight of Champions, and I want to ask you this Gunther is in a very interesting spot. He's the leading intercontinental champion ever in terms of days, and his reign is champion. Would you carry this to another mania, or do you do you think he must drop it and either maybe win a Royal Rumble or fight for the heavyweight? T- what do you think they should do with Gunther in the long term? As he just uh, Ali had some good spots, but another one bites the dust as Gunther moved as Gunther moved on. Now
1: I will say this about the Ali and Gunther match. It was it was sort of like you know, you it was kind of a one you could say it was like Rhea and Natalia kind of useless, but dude, every time Gunther steps in the ring, no, there was it. more there was a
0: lot more yeah. juice. Yeah,
1: but I know, but I don't think anyone had knew Mustafa like any chance Mustafa had winning, you know, like so it's just one of those where anytime Gunther's on, you're gonna watch him, you're gonna pay attention to what he does. He has the best chops in the business. He's great on the mic. He's phenomenal in the ring, and he's only getting in better shape as the ma- as the weeks and months prolong go along. You mentioned that he is the longest reigning IC champion. Not yet. He's a hundred days away from breaking Honky Tonk's record. Of, oh,
0: I'm sorry. I'm that maybe I modern day record. My apologies. Yeah, it's the
1: modern day. Yes, but Honky Tonk still holds the record, and I believe that Gunther will break that. I think sometime in or May.
0: Yeah, if he go, if he if he breaks that record, that would take it through. That would be about through September, so we'd still have October, November, December, and so on.
1: I can see him losing in December. I think it's the best time. It's the end of the year. You know, they usually want to start the new year off in twenty twenty 2020, two thousand twenty four with fresh new storylines. So, it's a lot of possibilities, but I definitely think he will hold it at least until the summer, the winter time between October and December. And, and what was your
0: grade for Night of Champions?
1: I'm gonna be honest, and I messaged you guys in the group chat, I gave it a flat out A. I thought it was a phenomenal pay-per-view top to bottom. Besides, I like I mentioned the one match, and even then, if you actually think about the reasoning for that match, it had to take place, but I rarely give WWE pay-per-views a, a perfect grade like this, because usually you get one or two, or sometimes three matches where you go, eh, or whatever. But even with, what, four? It was four women's matches or three. Even with three women's matches, it still was a phenomenal pay-per-view. Both women, the women's Raw Women's Champion match, hell of a match right there. Trish and Becky, hell of a match. And introducing as always Stark was a great touch to it. So overall, a perfect grade for me. One of the few times that I felt that would be has actually had a a home run, basically, of a pay per view where it doesn't leave you scratching your heads at the end of certain matches.
0: Yeah, and um, man, I think i I think I ended up giving United of Champions a B plus and uh, Double or Nothing an A minus. But I will say this: uh, there is no better. Heart-wrenching, gut-felt match than the main event of Night of Champions, and that crowd was phenomenal. Shame on you, people at the MGM, just because it was started there doesn't mean they won't pull their asses out as they can go to so many good places. That crowd was pitiful at Double or Nothing, and I saw a lot of reaction on that. I wasn't the only one, um, but both really good shows. It brings us into the summer. It was Memorial Day weekend, Cleve. We've get those summer vibes. The weekend uh, weather in the Midwest was beyond uh great and now we're hitting that hotness i'm sure all around the united states of america let's end the show by recapping we're moving to money in the bank which is going to be another great crowd uh i always want to say london i think it's actually um canada but i it's in london it in in London. oh yes that that's going to be awesome we gotta it's
1: so before we go, I do want to – I said at the time so – ju- That's
0: on 4th of July weekend. I just want to let the people know Saturday, July 1st. Do you want me to bring up what I was going to in Raw first or what do you, are you going to recap something from uh, the pay-per-view still?
1: Oh, you can – I mean, I was ready to transition over to Raw and talk NXT a bit too because I thought both shows had some very interesting things going on about it.
0: Yeah, you really wanted to bring up The Miz. I'll bring up Money in the Bank and incorporate him this way. We got a couple of qualifying matches. Ricochet defeated Miz to get a spot in the Money in the Bank match on the first, of course. And then Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Bronson Reed. I was fine with both people who won. Uh, To be honest with you, I would have liked any of the four in the Money in the Bank. But I know you wanted to make a Miz comment. What do you think about those two moving on? Ricochet and Shinsuke who would you say has a better chance of actually winning that sucker?
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, it seems Ricochet is really getting the push at the moment. I thought it was. He had remember he won the IC, I mean, the United States Champion from Samoa Joe a couple years back, and he lost it to AJ a month later. And it seems Ricochet, phenomenal talent. Okay, I think the only thing that's holding him back is was two things. I think his size, because you know he's a cruiserweight, and Vince has never really favored cruiserweights like that. Ray's the only one that has really won a world champion. That was that buck 75, you know, soaking wet. So it seems that they really want to push Ricochet. And honestly, I think he has a better shot than Shinsuke. I was, it's really dope to see Shinsuke. I know we talked about it weeks ago when yes. he made his return, that they had big plans for Shinsuke, and it seems that they do have big plans for Shinsuke. So it's congrats for both of them. I do think Ricochet, if I was going to pick the two, I would want to win, but i knowing the rest. I would take Ricochet just because I want to see him, see what he does in that main event picture. But my praise for the Miz was, I don't know if a lot of guys saw it, and if you didn't see it, it's clips on YouTube and Twitter. The Miz basically bust out some new moves. I wouldn't say he knew moves, but I felt Miz kind of went deep in the bag on this one. He pulled off a Hurricane Runner. He pulled off a springboard from the ropes. Um, It was another move that he did. Oh, Oh, it was something else he did. It was really, it was like a couple moves. Even Corey Graves is like, look at the Miz right now. And I saw this comment on Twitter, and it's like, you know, a lot of guys are fans are, you know, calling Miz boring or say Miz isn't good in the ring. Miz just had to shut all you haters up to show you that, you know, he may wrestle a boring style. And that's for a reason because Miz made a comment with him, and Brian was arguing he wants to have a long, successful career. He doesn't want to wrestle for eight years and have multiple injuries. And you know he has kids he don't want to basically not be able to enjoy being around his kids because of the beating he took in the wrestling ring so he wrestles a softer style but what you see monday is that the Miz really wanted to go deep in his bag he can and that just shows all you haters like a lot of these guys can do a lot more things you know inside the ring but i feel sometimes they hold it in because they don't want to risk an injury or you know they just it takes a lot of work sometimes doing a hurricane run, even though the Miz didn't do it like all the way perfect, like a cruiserweight. It was still just cool to see Miz bust out some moves that you
0: rarely see from the Mr. Awesome. Absolutely, and I kind of agree. Uh, love Shinsuke, love that he's back, and uh, his entrance is always a pop, but I like that he's just back in the mix in a really good way. I would prop, you know what? I'm gonna go Shinsuke though. I would love to see maybe Shinsuke get a money in the bank and be sneaky with it. As much as I love Ricochet, he deserves the time. I just don't think it's right now. Um, We did get a heel Money in the Bank with Theory last year, so uh, both of these guys seem to be faced right now, so I wouldn't mind that. Cleve, before we get to a SmackDown women's qualifier for the Money in the Bank prediction and get the heck out of here, I do want to ask you this. Uh, Rhonda and Shayna seem to be the favorites to win the tag titles. Um, Do you think this could be finally the moment where we start to see a the correct direction because even ronda rousey who holds the title said um it, it's not even close where they want it to be right now with the way it's been utilized over the past couple of years
1: i think you can i remember if all of our all of that of v fans remember just two or three years ago dude the intercontinental united states champion was an afterthought that belt was changing hands like people change their socks i mean Somebody win the United States champion, two months later, boom, it's a new champion, same again, and top male champion. I have always said that if you keep the title changes hands too many times, it devalues the importance of a champion. And I think the women's tag team champion, and it's not even from changing hands, I think it's the lack of interest that fans show toward and the fact that there's not enough women tag teams around in the division. But I think with Rana and Shayna two big, Big names in the women's division. I still think Shayna should one day hold the women's world heavyweight champion, but that's for another day. I think they can do wonders for these women's tag team division. I think if you actually put the right teams together, and I just throw teams together that they tend to do sometimes, you can actually bring meaning to these belts. Because at the end of the day, it's all about how you treat the championship belt. The 24-7, we all saw it as a joke, so it got treated as a joke. The women's tag team champions wasn't brought around to be a joke. It was meant to be the next step in the women's revolution. But sadly, a lot of inconsistent and people quitting on the company that the belt just took a real severe hit over these past few years. So, fingers crossed that they can build it back up. Maybe WWE can do a story about it. You know, cut some uh, promos or video. To me, I would, have,
0: I would have. I would have. I would not to cut you off, but I would have yeah. the two women. Just do what I did. Cut people off, be badasses, and just dominate and dominate. And people get so sick of them that they finally build somebody else along the way. I would just have straight dominance heel mode going on.
1: You could build a great, you know, your girl Liv Morgan is out right now. You mentioned something sad to see Raquel. This is like, what, the second time that this has happened her partner, Aaliyah, got injured. And then Liv gets injured. It's just like, oh. It's like every time it just seems like you know the injury sort of stopped her in a way because now they have to find something to do with her so it really sucks that this happens to raquel but maybe you know shane and ron going to dominate run it's just a badass run dominate and then liv comes back and raquel's with her and we get a great woman's tag team storyline but i felt like we really have not had it forever
0: yeah and we could just we need it like we need oxygen sometimes on this earth and Let's get this thing built in the right direction. We think the men's tag titles are right on the right track. Let's get the women's on there. Cleve, we're going to close with SmackDown, as Pat McAfee likes to say. Shout out to him and all his success, of course. Um, I want to say this. Do you, um, you know... Are you as, as amped as the finish was for to see what happens on Friday with the uh, Bloodline? And then Selena Vega versus Lacey Evans has been announced as the first qualifying match for women's. Fun fact, a woman winning the bank winner has never lost. So your odds seem to be pretty good there. I saw that statistic today. Who do you think wins between Selena and Lacey? And what do you think about the Bloodline coming this Friday?
1: I'm more curious to see Sokola's reaction to this. Because, you know, Roman is the head of the family. He's the head of the table. You know, he, what he says goes. But at the end of the day, and I mentioned this last week, I think we both touched upon it, that's his brothers. Jimmy and Jay are his brothers, and Roman is a cousin. So it's Sikola's in a really tight spot at the moment. It's like, okay, am I loyal to my brother or am I loyal to the, the tribe chief of the family? So I think more fanship. Jimmy should be very important, too, but I think you should also watch Sokoa's body language, and just how he carries himself probably the next couple of weeks, just to see where is Sokoa going, which side is he leaning toward. And Selena and Lacey Evans, dude, first of all, most, Selena's been on a hell of a run. She's been gaining more popularity. It seems linking up with LWO did wonders for her career, rightfully so. I always like Selena Vega, very beautiful lady, very great in the ring. Well, I wouldn't say great. She's very good in the ring, so I can – I would go toward her, and it's no disrespect to Lacey Evans, but we always say this. You know, she comes around every three months, and then she disappears. She reappears. She's the female version of Mustafa Ali. They just don't know what to do with them. So it's just like, you know, Selena's got that in the bag. I don't think anyone's got Lacey winning at
0: Yeah, my final point. Go 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 ahead.
1: Final point. I didn't mention I wanted to bring in a bit of NXT. I thought it was really dope to see Baron Corbin in NXT. If a lot of people don't remember, Dolph Ziggler went down there, won the world's champion. Sort of, it didn't really rejuvenate his career because he was later. He's like almost, I think he's off in his forties. So it's a different story. But Corbin's still a young man. You know, he's. I wouldn't say he failed on the main roster, but I wouldn't say he was successful on the main roster, if that makes sense. It was sort of, he was just in the middle. So I think him going back down to NXT, having a feud with Cameron Hayes would do wonders for Barry Corbin's career. If he were to win the NXT championship, I think that would be really great also because you could help build, you can sort of see, could he be a world champion on the main roster if he's a successful world champion in NXT? And Mustafa Ali, we were just talking about this guy, Joe. We thought he was going to get a big push on Raw. I saw the thing where Brock Lesnar said something to him, and it sort of just – it sort of just he funny. He said,
0: like, uh, get it together, kid. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah stop crying, kid, or something like that. And that just, that just killed his run on the main roster. So kudos to them to send Mustafa back down. But I think me and you and 99 – probably 90% of wrestling fans – End up, we believe that Mustafa is just a lost cause at this point.
0: Yeah, and um, man, I'm just totally ready for SmackDown, and I, I want to give the win to Selena too. Uh, I know Tone's actually. I just the last shirt I got him online was Lacey Evans. If she don't win this, that's almost why I do want to pick her because it's like, what are you gonna do then? Um, but my, my God. It's gotten disgusting with her. But after what Selena did in Puerto Rico and showed her heart and how much she loves this business, a moment, a true family moment there, seeing them in the stands. Go, Selena. Go, SmackDown, on Friday. I'm going to go enjoy AEW Dynamite and Cleve. Please enjoy your birthday. Stay safe and God bless. For that being, Cleve, give me one more word on your fine 29th.
1: Well, thank you for the celebration. Like I said, it's a blessing to see a new year. And honestly, I'm about to probably go to sleep. I am tired today. So great show. Thank you to all our listeners. And I'm pumped for SummerSlam in August.
0: Oh, as we are going, we have our seats. We got our hotel. What? We got Tigers tickets. What? We got the crew. What? It's going to be so much great stuff. Uh, Once again, Is one of my main men in wrestling, uh, not only a podcast partner, but a great friend. Happy, happy birthday. Uh, Hope all is well for you and get some rest tonight. And we'll see you all next time on another edition of Cleve and Me.